A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. Hello, this is Father Thomas, and welcome to the Sprouting Stump podcast series, where we reflect on the readings that come to us from the Mass each day. When we take a little time to let the Spirit come upon us, a bud shall indeed blossom in our hearts, so we might be renewed in spirit and strengthened in faith, as we take this time together to enter into that beautiful word that comes to us from God. In his homily for the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Father discusses the importance of bearing good fruit for God's vineyard. This parable that we hear today from Jesus appears a bit strange in comparison to other parables. Most parables that Jesus tells usually are a simple story that has a primary point that is referring to an issue that's taking place at the time. This parable that Jesus speaks is an analogy that also talks about really the history of Israel and the issue they've had throughout all of their history, but it's also a prediction of what they're going to do to Jesus. Now the setting for this is a vineyard, and throughout all of the Old Testament, the vineyard has always been representative of the people of Israel. Not the nation, but the people that God has chosen to do his work. As we heard in the first reading today from Isaiah. And so Jesus is continuing that analogy referring to his people as the vineyard. And he speaks about this idea of the tenants being called to go out and produce good fruit, but he sends people to him to collect that fruit. He's referring to all the prophets being sent to the people of Israel, over the course of the history, they've all been killed by the people of Israel. Every prophet in the Old Testament was actually martyred, not by pagans, but by the very people that say they believed in God, his own people. They rejected them, every single one. They didn't like the message, so they killed them. And then Jesus is saying, predicting his own death, as we know, when he says the Son will be sent to them, they will kill the Son, that's exactly what happens. We have this strange story that really seems to be a retelling of history and a prediction of the future. So oftentimes when I read it, I'm like, what has that got to do with me? I didn't kill the prophets. I wasn't there at the time of Jesus. I didn't kill them. As I'm thinking about that line, I didn't kill them. It struck me. Yes, I did. You see, we oftentimes think that the people, the Jewish leaders, are the ones that killed Jesus. We have to remember that it was not the Jewish leaders that killed Jesus. It was sin that killed Jesus. My sin. And every time we reject something that is being taught to us that is the truth from God, we don't like to hear it, we turn away from it, we are killing the prophets, just in a little bit different way. But become responsible. I'm one of those people that are in this story. So this parable is not speaking simply about the history, it's speaking about what's happening at the moment, even today. So it has a significance for us because Jesus is not simply talking about what he's going to do at the time, he's talking about how he's always behaved throughout history. 
The vineyard is always representative of God's chosen people, and it continues with Jesus' chosen ones. They are the vineyard. And he's saying that when people do not behave the way they're called to behave, he will get rid of them and replace them with somebody different. He's not talking about a particular group, boundary people like in a nation. He's talking about people with a certain attitude, beliefs, mentality, lifestyle. He's saying when the people do not produce good fruit, when they become like wild grapes, I will let you be trampled. That will replace you with someone that will produce good fruit, that will listen to my commands, that will build my kingdom, that will do as I ask. He's done it throughout all of history from day one. The moment he called Abraham's people, every time his people started straying, he allowed them to destroy themselves. There was turmoil, conflict, division. He allowed it to happen. He allowed it to happen to teach them a lesson that says, I'm not going to put up with this and let you destroy yourself. But always, always he rebuilds it with a new people, a new attitude, a new love, and he makes it better than it was before. He did it with old Israel, and he continues to do it with the new Israel, the church. You see, Jesus was speaking to the people at the time and said, you're not doing what I asked. And he's specifically speaking to the Jewish leaders, but he's talking to all of the people that were supposed to be followers of God. He says, you are not producing the fruit that God has asked you to do. You have been chosen specifically among all the people of the world, and you're not doing what I ask. And so I'll bring in new people that will do what I ask. And we'll let this church be trampled, this vineyard be overrun. That's exactly what happened with the Roman Empire. The temple was destroyed, the Jewish people were scattered, and it was in ruins. And from those ruins, Jesus built a new church, a new Israel, that did do his work. But sadly, throughout the course of history, it's not always been so. The church has gone through many periods of trial, where it's failed to do its mission, where people have lost sight of God, they abandon the faith, and every time that allows them to destroy themselves and rebuild it. Happens roughly about every 500 years, by the way. I don't know if people are just have some weird accept of that, but about every 500 years, the church has gone through turmoil. And it's going through turmoil now. The church is in chaos today. You almost have to be blind to not see the troubles that we're dealing with. When you have cardinals writing letters to the Pope saying, what's going on? People are questioning this whole sin and sinality. When people are starting to say, we need to have different ways of approaching people. We need to do different things. We need to think differently, behave differently. It goes against the teachings of the church. We're in struggle. When the secular media starts to take interest in what's going on in the church, you know we're in trouble because the secular media only cares about what's going on in the church when the church is doing something they think is scandalous. And they want to downplay the church, make it look bad. We don't need the media to make us look bad. We're doing a good job of it on our own. Because we ourselves are continuing to kill the prophets and not listening to those people that God is sending into our lives. We're continuing to kill Jesus by disobeying Him, by going against His commands, by not fulfilling His work, bringing people to Him, being an expression of love, goodness,
compassion, mercy, and truth. So Jesus is making a promise, not in the moment, not in their moment, but in our moment. So the question becomes for us, we, as the new Israel, we are the people that are tenants in his vineyard. A vineyard that's supposed to encompass the whole world. We need to be asking ourselves, what are we doing to produce good fruit? It's really the only question that matters for us. It doesn't matter what the people of Israel did. It doesn't matter what the people of Jesus' days did. It didn't matter what the church was doing a week ago. It matters what we are doing today. Are we wild grapes? Are we living a life that actually bears fruit? That brings about goodness into the world? That builds God's kingdom? It helps people to know God's love in their lives. Are we doing our own thing, rejecting the prophets, rejecting Jesus, bringing about death through our disobedience and our sin? We can't look at this parable and think, oh, the Jewish people killed Jesus. We killed Jesus. Our sin, our selfishness, our disobedience. We are just as responsible for his death as everybody else. He does not abandon us, and he never has. That's the beauty also of this parable. Because he always says, in spite of what happens to the church, I will always bring about a new people. The question is, what people are we going to be a part of? Are we going to have the attitude that I'm going to simply not listen? Or are we going to change our hearts and realize that we are humbly called to care for God's creation? Not our way, but His way. Are we going to decide to be a tenant that takes care of the vineyard and helps it to thrive and grow? Are we going to follow the commands of Christ to love our enemies, to do good to those who mistreat us, to honor Him in all things, to pick up our cross daily, to let go of our will and to follow His? Those are the good tenants. Those are the people that God is calling to take care of His vineyard. And He makes it quite clear, if we're not going to produce good fruit, He will let us destroy ourselves and He'll find somebody that will. I will remind you again and again and again, you are not like the rest of the world. We are part of God's special chosen people to build His kingdom, to grow His vineyard, to care for others in a way that the rest of the world simply does not. That is not our option. This should be our life. And every day we should be asking ourselves, what am I doing to bear good fruit for God? What am I doing to grow the vineyard bring about something wonderful in the world? What am I doing to care for God's creation, His church, His people, not ours? Are we truly living in a way that helps bring about something good in the world? We can't be worried about what's happening in the church with others. We can't change their hearts. We can influence them. We can help motivate them. We can't change them, but we can change ourselves, and we should. We need to stop worrying about who else is doing wrong and not listening to the prophets. We should be worried about what we're doing wrong 
the word of this will be us. We have been chosen for a special task, for a very special purpose. It's a beautiful gift, but it's also an awesome responsibility. We need to heed that warning that Jesus says, if we're not going to do his work, you let us get trampled, you'll find somebody who will. We're not called to be wild grapes. We're called to be good fruit. <laughs>